This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. It is Wednesday, May 12th, and this is, of course, Michael Zuber and your daily financial news. If you don't know, we have been doing a daily financial show for the last two years. We do it live. We get it done in 10 to 12 minutes, typically, and it allows you to get on with your day. Uh, I have a habit. I've been doing it almost the last uh, 30 years or so of getting up early enjoying my cup of coffee and uh, trying to figure out what's going on in the market. I've been doing this because I've been an investor trying to figure out consumer cost of capital so that I can make decisions. And all I do now is I take a bunch of notes and I let you know what I found in the morning. If you want to get your daily financial news in a quick 10 to 12 minute chunk, kind of middle of the road stuff, I avoid the loud left and the loud right. It's not helpful. Uh, Go ahead and hit the subscribe button. Show me some support with a like. And of course, I occasionally ask questions for for participation. And today is just such a day. So at the end, I'm going to share with you a report that was done by, who did this report? Charles Schwab. Charles Schwab posed a question to 2,000 individuals. What number do you think equals wealthy? So what net worth would you have to have for yourself to be called wealthy or maybe someone you know? I will get to the answer at the end of this video, but yes, the question is, what is your net worth number? If you have X, are you wealthy, right? What's kind of the minimum? We all know if you're a billionaire, you're wealthy, but what's the minimum, right? What's the minimum? So let me know what you think. Uh, today's Wednesday, so you know we have two experts coming on. we got the lovely Anna Kelly here at 8, uh, and then we also have Matt the Mortgage Guy at 9.30. And what a great day to have Matt the Mortgage Guy on because the CPI, Consumer Price Index, came in hot. Uh, people were talking about above 3. Well, folks, it came in above 4. Yeah, this is a, this is a number that bears watching. It is simply a single data point and not a trend is made. Uh, But this certainly has to catch your attention. Uh, As you kind of dig through the numbers, there are a lot of things that are, I don't know, call them one-offs that really point to a broken economy or at least a broken supply chain. For example, used cars. Used cars in this report were up 10%. Right. We've been talking about the chip shortage for a while. We're talking about small businesses opening back up. It's kind of a mixed match of supply and demand. Do we expect the supply shortage in factories to be idle or or slowing down because of chips forever? No. When? That's that's a good guess. But again, there's a lot of things in this number that if you're the Fed, you can point at and go, that won't stick. That won't stick right? The whole transitory thing. So uh, it is interesting. It is yet not a trend, uh, but it is something to bear watching. 
Uh, we will again get the May, May report in about 30 days or so. Uh, and then we may have a trend. Then it may become something that we have to talk about. The other thing that I thought was interesting in the CPI number, which could have made it worse, is actually the price at the pump, gas. Gas was actually negative for the reporting period. I don't know what period they were doing, but at least in my area of California, gas is not going down. But again, just like used cars were up 10%, kind of one of those numbers, the price at the pump was actually down 1.4%. So while there are some numbers in this report, you can go, yeah, that's a one-off. Yeah, that's a one-off. There are other numbers in there that I scratch my head with going, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling it more than negative 1.4%. But again, it is a... It is a single point. We cannot call a trend until there's at least two, better yet three. Uh, so let's see what's going on. And then the last thing about CPI we should all acknowledge is we are comparing April 2021 with April 2020. And if you've already forgotten April 2020, I don't blame you. I've tried to wipe it from my memory as well. It was kind of full lockdown mode. So uh, the compare was probably skewed, I guess I would say. So again, it is hot. The headline will catch attention. Uh, it is easy for the Fed to go, not a problem. It'll fix itself. But I'm watching. I, uh, I think the Fed is wrong, but this number, this number doesn't bother me. It's, it's got some really odd calculations in it. A couple other things to watch. This actually came from Kathy Wood. I saw a presentation or read a review on some Kathy Wood thoughts, and she is actually talking about something that I actually agree with. She is basically pointing at the commodities market, think lumber, think copper, think things of that nature, and saying, you know, those are really close to peaking. We have been in this kind of broken supply chain for a while, and there has been crazy uh, commodity increases a la lumber up 124% just this year. Nuts. Uh, and of course, you got copper up 36% as well. She's basically pointing at that going that will reverse itself as more supply comes online and as demand uh, gets more balanced. Uh, she could be right. And if that's the case, you know, she's actually indicating that deflation could be a bigger threat to the future than inflation. Uh, leave it to Kathy Wood to kind of uh, put out a riddle or something that we just have to look at and go, wow, that's different. We have to think about that. So uh, certainly going to be looking at that uh, as well. I think she raises a good point. I think the fact that lumber is up 124% is nuts, uh, and I think it has to reverse. To that point, uh, I did look at lumber this morning. It actually was what they call limit down yesterday. Uh, in the commodities market, there are these thresholds where if it hits that level that kind of closes for the day, closes trading. So lumber was limit down 1500 yesterday. So we will see if lumber has hit its natural peak. These are all things working in an economy that is kind of doing its best to get started, right? We unnaturally shut it down and it's, it's kind of like that motor that's not yet tuned. It's kind of fits and starts. Uh, but that's just mean it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch. So it, uh, it is going to be interesting. Next up, we are up to nine states. Yes, nine states canceling the Fed uh, bonus or goose up or whatever you want to call it of three hundred dollars. Uh, 
this this list seems to be growing by the day. It started with Montana, then South Carolina. I forget who else. Uh, Tennessee's on there, and Mississippi, and Arkansas, and there's just a list of nine. But yeah, I do not expect this to stop at nine. It probably goes to 15 or 16 states, uh, so it will be interesting. Uh, Tesla, I don't know if you saw this, but Tesla's had a rough run in China here recently. I think we talked two or three weeks ago about a protest inside some auto manufacturer. Uh, we also uh, need to realize that Tesla, or I'm sorry, China's going to favor homegrown technology. I don't know why we as investors don't get that. The China market is not open. It's simply not open. To think that the same behavior happens here that happens there is just wrong. I mean, I don't know what else to tell you. Uh, so yes, Tesla has been taking it on the chin in China while homegrown uh, EV makers are growing. China or uh, Tesla sales in China were down, down 27%. China is a big market for Tesla. So if, Cal if uh, Tesla starts uh, really struggling there, it is going to be interesting. So we need to watch that. Uh, as far as CPI goes, the one thing that we are going to watch, and again, we will talk with Matt, the mortgage guy today at 930, is the 10-year note. It is basically flatlined at 1.6 plus or minus a couple of hundred basis points. Uh, but it popped to 1.66 uh, before I hit uh, go live on this video. So that is something to watch. That's a, that's a healthy move for really only been open for a couple of hours. So uh, we are going to need to watch that. Uh, we're going to see if it breaks uh, even more in the next couple of days. Uh, Wendy's, we're getting back to earnings. We talked about some on the weekend. I wanted to get to Wendy's, kind of figuring out what's going on with the consumer. Uh, they had probably the best earnings report that you could have. They beat top, beat bottom, better than expected same-store sales, boosted dividend, and they raised stock repurchase. That's what you call a clean sweep folks. They are doing everything they can, and I would expect Wendy's stock to have a nice morning. Uh, Wolverine Worldwide, I do not know who they are, but they came across my radar because they are in the footwear and apparel business, and it looks like they missed top and bottom. So we've been hearing a lot of retailers have pretty good numbers. Uh, I do not know what Wolverine Worldwide produces, but apparently not all segments are enjoying this kind of consumer return. Electronic Arts beat top and bottom. Yes, lots of people are playing video games. Uh, and they made special care to mention that they expect the momentum to continue. I don't know. People get back to work. They start going to the office. That sounds like a lot less video game time to me, but we shall see. Uh, Lordstown Motors. Uh, this is one of those companies that went public via a SPAC here, I think, in the last 12 months. Well, the SEC is showing its backbone. It has come out and said, good old Lordstown, you need to restate your 2020 financials. Yeah, that ought to catch your attention. Uh, a couple of things. Are we back? I don't know what happened there. Hey there, everyone. Sorry about that. I got a phone call. I don't know what happened. I apologize. So where was I? Oh, Lordstown Motor, SEC. Uh, looks like they um, had to restate financials uh, back in 2020. That is going to be a problem. Uh, Lemonade came out with lighter than expected forecast, even though they hit their numbers. Uh, weekly mortgage demand uh, was actually up 
2.1%. Refis up 3%, purchase down 1%. These are both week-on-week numbers. The average 30-year mortgage is now 3.11. It'll be interesting to see where it goes from here, again, because of the CPI data in the 10-year Treasury up. Uh, Just to let you know that Dion from Dion Talk has graciously released his first video of a three-part series that we are adding to the course, How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. Uh, I will be reviewing and watching it this morning, hopefully loading it into the course today or tomorrow. And it is called Why I Self-Manage One Rental at a Time. It is such an honor to work with professionals and experts that are willing to contribute content and help others. Uh, So again, How to Get Started One Rental at a Time is a great course with thousands of students. Uh, We are adding more and more content thanks to experts like Dion. Uh, So we've got the first video that we will be loading out. So now on to the question. The question about net worth. According to a report from Charles Schwab, the answer to the question posed at the beginning, what is the minimum net worth to be called wealthy? The answer is $2 million. A $2 million net worth means you are wealthy. So that's what I got for you today. Again, it's an awesome Wednesday. Have a great day. Today's a great day to make some money. It's better. Let's be better than yesterday. And sorry about that little disruption in the middle there. I got a phone call at 730 in the morning. Go figure. Bye.